Turn your Bibles, if you would, Luke chapter 12, and uh, I'm going to preach a little bit this morning, uh, give you a challenge from the Word of God. Luke chapter 12, and uh, while I'm reading the scripture, I've got a sermon illustration, a couple of sermon illustrations, and uh, I'd like for uh, those two couples, uh, their live illustrations. While I'm looking at the scripture, why don't you folks come on up and just stand here on the platform. I've asked you to come, uh, Brother Mrs. Gaskin, Brother Mrs. Ortiz, if you would. And uh, <clears throat> anyhow, uh, Luke chapter 12, I'm going to speak to you today about the rich fool. Sound, is there an echo in this? Is it echoing? It sound good out there? Easy to hear? Easy to listen? Good. Uh, <clears throat> so if I can clear my throat, Luke chapter 12 and uh, ver- beginning in verse 15. And he, that's Jesus, said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. And uh, maybe I'll just pause there and comment for a minute uh, as I travel around the country and, uh, and we move around a lot, especially in the summer during the school year, some girls that just sang traveled with my wife and I. Uh, last summer, we literally went from uh, coast to coast went waiting in the Pacific and the Atlantic and, uh, you know, different churches uh, in preaching, I don't know, 50 churches a year or something, talk to a lot of young people. And uh, it seems like more and more the idea is that a man's life does consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Uh, I go out and talk to young people, and uh, the philosophy seems to be uh, people have suggested to them, well, I have to decide what I like to do. You know, have you thought about going to Bible college? Well, I don't know. I've always liked doing this, and I think I can make a lot of money doing it, and that'll make me happy. But it won't. But again, philosophy in dealing with uh, young people nowadays, again, what I hear, you know, it sounds like people have been advising them, well, decide what you like to do. Be sure you can make a lot of money doing it. And then be happy doing it. That was kind of the philosophy the rich fool had. You know, I mean, basically. uh, But uh, as introduction to this parable, uh, Jesus says here in verse 15, uh, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. And uh, to illustrate that, he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. I can retire now. I got enough in my 401k. My IRA is doing well. And uh, I'll be able to say once I get these new barns filled... I'll be able to say, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take, eat thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall all those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. And he said unto his disciples, and still teaching off of this parable, uh, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. For the life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens. 
They neither sow nor reap, which uh, neither have storehouses nor barn, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? Which of you, taking thought, can add his, to his stature one cubit? If ye then, being not able uh, to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, neither they spin not. Yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like unto these. If God so clothed the grass which is today in the field, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Uh, and you see, I'm almost done reading here. Uh, and ye seek not that which ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For, after, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that ye have need. God knows you need food and clothes. But rather seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give, un, to give you the kingdom. God's going to take care of you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you for a Bible that's inspired and preserved. The Word of God we can hold in our hands. We can read day by day and follow. Help us not to be a fool when it comes to ordering our life. In Jesus' name, amen. And I just, uh, I thought as I was uh, on campus yesterday uh, out of the college and uh, Brother and Mrs. Ortiz uh, came in and uh, they were here with some of the young people from Texas, Iglesia Bautista Fundamental. Is that right? I get it right? Close. And uh, Fundamental Baptist Church there in uh, near Dallas, Texas. And uh, Italy said uh, five years ago, I came to NYFC as a senior in high school. Not knowing what I was going to do, wasn't planning necessarily go, wasn't planning to go to Bible college. And uh, wasn't planning at all. But she said, I surrender to God's will and going to Bible college under the preaching there at National Young Fundamentalist Conference. She came to Bible college. God spoke to David's heart about coming to Bible college here. He was going to Bible college somewhere, decided in August to come here. I don't guess you had you been to the Young Fundamentalist Conference? Met each other, got married. Last summer, he's youth pastor. What else do you want in life? Amen. Christina came longer ago. 2009 was sitting at the at an activity, and one of our teachers, Miss Brown, former teachers, Miss Brown then, Miss Spears now came up to her and said, uh, while they were sitting watching them play volleyball or basketball or something, said, Christina, what are you doing? And, uh, oh, I was going to put her on mic, but I can't. Uh, but anyhow, she said in a cute little voice, holler it out. I work in a deli. I work in a deli? And uh, the way she said it, she traveled with us this summer. And Miss Brown said, no, I mean, what are you doing for God? And she said, I don't know work, do some volunteer stuff in the church. She said, why don't you come to Bible college? Amen. She had a good job and, make, you know, and okay. She said, I think I will. Married Kevin Gaskin from Maryland. 
He's going to graduate this year. She's going to have a baby. Looks pretty good to me. You can go ahead and be seated. That's my sermon illustration. I was talking to one of our girls this year at the college, one of the college girls, and she's asked me to pray for her sister that's making some unwise choices. And, uh, and you repeat that story. And she said, you know, my sister told me a while ago, I wish I had a really nice guy like you have. But sister's making choices that are going to keep her from getting that kind of guy. Look, folks. The philosophy that says, I'm going to just, you know, decide, what do you like to do? Well, I've always wanted to. Make sure you make a lot of money doing it. I think I can make a lot of money. I'll be able to be wealthy then. Sometimes maybe your parents, as parents we get into it, boy, if my kids make a lot of money, then they'll be able to take care of me when I'm older. So I want to make sure they make enough money to... What's wrong with that philosophy? Look, money doesn't make you a success. Somebody says, well, it's all according to your definition of success. I'll take God's definition of success. The Bible called this fellow a rich fool. Now, he wasn't a fool because he was mentally deficient. He was plenty smart. He was rich. Probably one of the wealthiest men in the area. Wasn't like he had a low IQ. He, he was smart enough to know what was going on and to invest and build and enough of a leader to get people to work. I mean, and uh, he had it together. And uh, I was thinking as I brought them up and I thought, you know, maybe I ought to have all of our graduates come up or stand or different things. And uh, just person after person after person. You make wise choices. It just turns out good. Amen. Say, Brother George, what are wise choices? Choices that are made according to the principles and the Word of God. But having a lot of money doesn't make you a success. The rich fool thought it did, but it doesn't. Look, money isn't going to make you happy. The money doesn't make you happy. It's nice to have it, but it's not the goal of your life. Verse 15, a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesses. And down in verse 23, life is more than meat and the body is more than raiment, clothing. And, uh, you know, there's more to it than that. Money isn't going to make you happy. Money isn't going to make you fulfilled. Matthew 5, 6, Jesus said, uh, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Amen. You want to have a fulfilled life? Don't spend your life seeking after money. Don't spend your life seeking after fame or position. And a lot of times you say, well, it's not, I don't really necessarily care about the money. I just want a big house and a nice car and, and all the good things money will buy. Come on. Come on. Same thing. Yeah. If you want to be fulfilled, money isn't going to make you fulfilled. Seeking happiness for yourself is not going to make you fulfilled. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. You want to have a full life? I say sometimes, you know, <laughs> my life has been good. God has blessed us. My life is rich and full. Not, not rich in money, but rich in blessings. 
And it is a blessing to stand up here and to walk around and see our graduates from here and then graduates from other colleges where I've worked that are out and doing and serving God. Well over, I'm told, well over a thousand men of God stand to preach the Word of God in this country and around the world that I've had a small, a small part, but a part in training. That's a blessing. Help you make it, that'll help fill your life. Money isn't going to make you fulfilled. Some people are like, well, I gotta provide for myself. And I believe in work. And I've prayed from time to time. I've had to pray for money. And I found almost, in my experience, almost every time I pray for money to meet a financial need, God sends me work. That seems to be the way it happens. I mean, I believe in working hard, and I do work hard, and I believe in being thrifty and all that. But bottom line, God pays my bills. He meets my needs. Some of you have problems because He gives you stuff to meet your needs, and you spend it on stuff you don't need. You spend money you don't have to buy things you don't need. You ever take my personal finance class? But they had the idea of verse 19. I will say to my soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease and so on. Eat, drink, be married. But God says, no, you don't supply your needs. I take care of you. Verse 22. Take no thought for your life what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. Verse uh, 24. Consider the ravens, for they sow not, neither do they reap. Verse 27. The lilies. Again, I I believe work and paying your bills and setting a budget and being responsible and all those good things. But on the other hand, God pays my bills. When When I pretty much volunteered to serve God and said, God, I want to go into ministry. You know, I didn't care where I was going to go. I didn't care where God wanted to send me. I didn't care what he wanted. I just wanted to be used to him. I sure wasn't looking for how much it was going to pay. God takes care of your needs. And uh, anyhow, uh, so i got to provide for myself. What's wrong with the philosophy of that? Money won't make you happy. Money isn't going to make you fulfilled. God takes care of your needs. You don't. Look, whatever you accumulate isn't going to last. Verse 28. You know, then show who the, show who, then show who, who's going to get your money when you die. That's the Jorgensen paraphrase. Yeah, I, I know men that are wealthy, somewhat wealthy. What are they going to do with their money when they die? I don't know. Some of them say, my kids won't speak to me. Not going to give it to them. You know, why should I give it to them? Well, that's a great life. Sad life. What are you going to do with it when you die? Oh. Whatever you get and put in those barns, it's temporary. It isn't going to last. There's no eternal rewards. Everything you have here have stays here, verse 20. You know, you can't take it with you. Old story about the uh, rich man died and people were there at the funeral, had the body laid out and somebody said to the Custodian wonder how much wonder how much he left. 
Custodians, I guess he left all of it. No, you can't. I mean, why do you want to spend your money, your life chasing for something you can put in a wallet? I mean, it's, whatever you have here is staying here. So he says, Brother Jorgensen, you're trying to cheat us out of having nice things. No, I'm not. I'm trying to get you to choose things that will bring you real joy. What do you want in life that those two couples don't have? And I don't, they probably don't have biggest houses. I don't know, not seeing where they live. I'm sure Kevin and Christine are still here in Bible College, don't have the nicest uh, apartment in Lexington. But I think there's love there. Amen. What else do you want? What do you, I mean, well, if, we had a, if I had a, I, I want a nicer car than they have. You think that'll make you happy? You think that'll improve your marriage? I mean, <laughs> Some of the old, my wife and I had a car shortly after we were married. And uh, the heater, the heater worked fine. And of course, we're, and we're in Hammond, Indiana at this point. Heater worked fine. But the fan, the fan motor kept burning out. So they, it got real warm in the engine and in the heater core. But it stayed real cold in the car where we were because it wouldn't blow the heat in there. If you drove fast enough, you know, maybe you got a little bit of warmth. And uh, I remember taking it out, bus calling on Saturdays, cold weather. I found out if you went into McDonald's and took your shoes off and held them under the hand dryer, it warmed your shoes up, and you could put them back on, they'd warm up your feet and go visiting for another hour. We had a little baby girl, wrap her up in blankets, went to church. God bless. Amen. I wouldn't say, Brother Jorgensen, you've got a nice car now. Well, one I drive most of the time is 13 years old with 130,000 miles on it, but she has a newer one, and I got a toy the other day, but <laughs> bought an uh, old uh, 17, 18-year-old Corvette the other day, a couple months ago. And... Uh, Look, your life doesn't consist in the abundance of things you possess. That's, right. That's not what makes up life. Right. I'm trying to get you to ha- choose things that will bring you real joy, and I'm trying to give you, get you to choose things that will give you reward for eternity. Because yeah. whatever reward you get here is pretty temporary. That's right. I'm going to live forever Amen. in heaven. Amen. Trust you are too. We'll live here a few more years. Say, I'll ask because you're old. You've only got a few more years left. Had a preacher the other day, about 10 years younger than I am, say, uh, well, I'm surely the oldest man in this room. I thought, well, that's pretty good. You, were, you heard him say it. He's right about 10 years younger than I am. And, uh, but you know, I don't care if you're 12. It isn't long. In light of eternity. Whatever you have here isn't going to last. 
Whatever you have here is going to give you no eternal rewards. All your rewards are going to stay here. You ought to serve God. You ought to, I, I want to challenge you to volunteer to serve God. Amen. So I'm waiting for God to beat me over the head and say, this is what you've got to do. Why don't you just say, God, I want to serve you. Amen. I'll volunteer. I mean, greatest life in the world. People are lost. Romans 1.14, you owe a debt. I mean, don't, don't you and I have a responsibility? Somebody referred to it last night. I mean, you know, people around you are going to hell. Right. That's not cussing. That's saying where they're going. Right. And your neighbor and your neighbor and my neighbor is going to go to hell if they don't get saved. Come on. Right. Amen. The people on our bus routes, the people in our cities, the people around the world, some of whom never have heard the gospel, they don't get saved, they're going to hell. I mean, don't you have a responsibility? Don't I have a responsibility to do something about that? Amen. And I like what I think Brother Cooper said last night. Boy, you, you'd like me up here preaching to a packed auditorium like this. Are you willing to go witness to one? Come on. Amen. I mean, let's do what you can. That's right. And uh, anyhow, uh, there are no, you're looking, people are lost. They're on their way to hell. You ought to serve God. You ought to volunteer to serve God because you love Him. Amen. Thought about doing this. I got about ten points here. Thought about doing it as a top ten list reasons that you ought to serve God. I was looking online. We were thinking about a place to go with the grandkids and uh, saw a list of top ten aquariums in the U.S. and top ten family attractions in Indianapolis. We were thinking about going up there. Saw one list on the Internet, top ten list of top ten lists. Everything's top ten, you know. I didn't look at it. I'm not sure what that one was. But you ought to serve God because money isn't going to make you happy. Two, money won't make you fulfilled. Three, uh, the, God will take care of you. The idea that I must provide for myself is wrong. The idea that it won't last is wrong. Or that what you work for here is not going to last. What you work for here will not give eternal results. Or eternal rewards because people are lost because you love God. Amen. Jesus said, you know, yeah, I mean, you ought to, you love somebody, you want to do things for them. Amen. You know, I mean, love my wife. She loves me. I want to do things for her. I want to help her. I want to be a blessing. I love God. I ought to, I ought to want to do something for Him. I ought to go to him, and I'll go to my wife sometimes and say, what can I do for you? About once every three years I do that. <laughs> Afraid she'll give me, i got this honeydew list. No, I try and take care of what she wants. You know, she'll ask me, and I think did in the last 24 hours, well, you know, a conference, everything going on, is there anything I can do to help you? Anything I can do for you? Why does she do that? She loves me. Amen. Uh, if you love God, don't you want to go to Him and say, God, anything I could do for you today? When I do that, God usually gives me a list. Amen. Now you pray. You read my Bible. Try and witness or give out a tract. 
Try and encourage some college student that's got a heavy burden and a heartache. Try and give somebody some good counsel about what to do with their life. You know, God doesn't, I mean, there's plenty of projects around to give out. I don't think you're going to go to God and say, God, I love you. Anything I do for you today? And God says, no, I got it all covered. Don't worry about it. And God may give each of us different things. But, you know, if you love him, you ought to want to serve him. You ought to want to serve God because you owe him a debt. You're not your own. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, What? Know ye not that you're not your own? You're bought with a price? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Look, it's not your life. Somebody says, well, it's my life. I can do what I want to. And I guess, you know, maybe in some sense, you know, you say, well, you're alive. You can do what you want to. But it isn't. I mean, I'm bought with a price. I don't belong to myself. Belong to him. My staff comes in. And I say, well, you know, this is what I'd like for you to do. That no, I don't want to do that. Come on. I just want to sit here. Come on. I want, but this is what I need you to do today. No, I'm not doing that. Hmm. I mean, look, I <laughs> he bought those hours. Yeah, that's right. You're supposed to do what you're told. Amen. When you're on the clock, aren't you? Amen. God bought your life. That's yeah. right. He bought my life. I'm supposed to do what I'm told. Amen. I owe him. That's right. You say, well, he'll have me do something unpleasant. And oh, sometimes it gets hard and sometimes it gets difficult. And sometimes you wrestle with decisions and you get heartbroken when people make unwise choices. There's nothing like serving God. Amen. And sitting and thinking... The four folks that were up on the platform here, there have been times that they've sat, some of them have sat in the office, and I said, you know. Sometimes they've come in and said, what can I, can I get counsel? What about this? What about that? Sometimes they've sat in the office. I said, what in the world were you thinking? Answer is, you weren't thinking. You can't do that. But you know, they listened. Pretty rewarding. You owe God a debt. You're not your own. Number nine, serving God brings God's serving God brings God's blessing and joy into your life. You can't. You'll never be happy seeking for yourself. You'll be happy when you serve God. Blessings of God. You know, are not just are not just financial. God'll take care of your needs. Compared to the rest of the world, we're all wealthy. Most of the rest of the world. And you may not have all the toys and you may never buy a Corvette and you may never but God'll take care of your bills. And uh you know, the blessings of God, the blessing of God is not what you put in the bank. The blessings of God are, are when, the result of living a life that's going to bring honor to him here and rewards in eternity. Amen. Blessings of God are when you live a life that is 
You're serving Him. It's going to get some eternal results. About the joy of walk of walking away from a home. My wife and I, I, my wife, I love the bus ministry. Put in a plug for it most everywhere I go. Still working the bus ministry. My wife and I personally visit on a bus route just about every Saturday we're in Lexington. Not quite everyone, but just about everyone. We're out on a bus route last Saturday. Last Saturday? And uh, you know, about every, but you know, last week we were out in our bus route over in Winchester. Had a little girl who had been visiting a couple weeks and had gotten saved, and we went out to do a follow-up on it. Went in, Dad invited us in, talked to him a little bit, talked to the mother and the dad and so on. And I'm not sure about the, but, you know, gave the gospel. The mother at least prayed sincerely and trusted Christ as Savior. And you walk away from that house. They were, she was on her way to hell when we walked up to that door. She's on her way to heaven now. That's a pretty good feeling. I mean, that, that's joy. She talked about coming to, coming to get baptized with her daughter this Sunday. I don't know if she'll come or not. not most of the folks I invite don't come, but some do. But anyhow, serving God brings God's blessing and joy in your life. You ought to serve God because America needs you. I believe, and I believe getting involved in the political process. I think as Christians we ought to vote. I think you ought to get behind and work some for a candidate. I'm not opposed. I usually I give some money to political candidates from time to time. Nothing like I give to the church. But I'll give something. I mean, I, I want to be some help, and I, you know, I mean, it, it, it wouldn't compare with a tithe or with, you know, I mean, just nothing at all like I give. But I, I, I'm not opposed to getting involved in that some, and I do some. Amen. Sometimes I'll walk a precinct or I'll do something like that. Not, nothing like the time I'd spend in soul winning. Amen. But I believe, according to the Word of God, the answer to America's problems are not going to be found in the White House or in Congress. They're going to be found in the church house. Amen. The situation in Genesis 18, when God went through trying to get, and Abraham was pleading for, with God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah, God didn't say, well, if you can get the sinners to be less sinful, then I'll spare the city. God said, look, Abraham, if you can find ten righteous people there, I'll spare the city. And it's our job to get the righteous people here, and if we get the righteous people here, God may spare this country. Again, I intend to vote, and I'm registered to vote, and been doing all. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that isn't important, but I, I do believe America needs you, and our country needs you to get out and do something for Him. Again, I want to challenge you today to just say, "Well, look, I'm going to volunteer." Let God speak to your heart. Why don't you decide like those two girls did at a youth conference here six, five, six, eight years ago, whatever it is, and uh, say, you know, I, I, think, I guess I'll go to Bible college. Amen. I'll serve God with my life. Amen. Look, the rich fool was not a fool because he was mentally deficient. He was plenty smart. Amen. The rich fool was a fool because he lived his life as if there were no God. God is real. He was a fool because he lived his life as if there were no God. He was a fool because he thought his soul could live on the things in the barn. His barn was full. If I get enough money, I can live on that, and that will make me 
happy. I could say eat and drink and take the the stuff in the barn or your bank account or your eye is never going to satisfy you. He was wealthy and he was plenty smart, but he was a fool. So I don't according to what you mean by saying, well, fool and God, according to God, I'll take God's word for it. As far as that goes, I'll take my experience for it. What you have in a bank isn't going to satisfy your life. He was a fool because he thought he gave no thought to eternal rewards. Everything he had was staying here. Again, I want to challenge you today to, to say, God, I want to, I want to serve you. There's nothing wrong with volunteering to serve God. That's pretty much my testimony. That's John R. Rice's testimony. That's Jack Treber's testimony. And I don't know how many others. That's Isaiah's testimony. You know, God said, whom shall I send and who will go for me? Right? Isaiah said, here my Lord, send me. I'll go. Kind of like grade school, you know. Who wants to be the special child of the week, student of the week? Oh, ooh, I'll do. who wants to come up the board, be my special? Alpha? I will. God looks out and says, whom shall I send and who will go for me? Amen. Why don't you raise your hand and say, now, why don't you raise your hand a minute and say, God, I'll go. Right. I'll volunteer. I'll be the one. Amen. Send me, use me, God. That's what Isaiah said. Paul wrote Timothy and said, If any man desire the office of a bishop, I guess it's okay to want to be a preacher then. Yes, sir. He desired good work. But I, I, you know, I'm looking for somebody that would say, like Isaiah said, You're my Lord, send me. I want to serve you. Look, young people, I'm not trying to cheat you out of anything. I'm trying to keep you from having a life that's wrecked and ruined like that sister were. Heartbroken about. I want you to serve God with your life so you can have the joy that those couples here and so many others we could testify and your pastor and others that I I happen to think the two of them made decisions at this conference years ago to come and go to Bible college. I challenge you to do the same thing.